Part Two, Chapter Five of O Pioneers by Willa Cather. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Alexandra did not find time to go to her neighbors the next day, nor the next. It was a busy season on the farm, with the corn plowing going on, and even Emil was in the field with a team and cultivator. Carl went about over the farms with Al Alexandra in the morning, and in the afternoon and evening they found a great deal to talk about. Emil, for all his track practice, did not stand up under farm work very well, and by night he was too tired to talk or even to practice on his cornet. On Wednesday morning, Carl got up before it was light, and stole downstairs and out of the kitchen door, just as old Ivar was making his morning ablutions at the pump. Carl nodded to him, and hurried up the draw, past the garden, and into the pasture where the milking cows used to be kept. The dawn in the east looked like the light from some great fire that was burning under the edge of the world. The color was reflected in the globules of dew that sheathed the short gray pasture grass. Carl walked rapidly until he came to the crest of the second hill, where the Bergson pasture joined the one that had belonged to his father. There he sat down and waited for the sun to rise. It was just there that he and Alexandra used to do their milking together, he on his side of the fence, she on hers. He could remember exactly how she looked when she came over the close-cropped grass, her skirts pinned up, her head bare, a bright tan pail in either hand, and the milky light of the early morning all about her. Even as a boy, he used to feel, when he saw her coming with her free step, her upright head and calm shoulders, that she looked as if she had walked straight out of the morning itself. Since then, when he had happened to see the sun come up in the country or on the water, he had often remembered the young Swedish girl and her milking pails. Carl sat musing until the sun leapt above the prairie, and in the grass about him all the small creatures of day began to tune their tiny instruments. Birds and insects without number began to chirp, to twitter, to snap and whistle, to make all manner of fresh, shrill noises. The pasture was flooded with light. Every clump of ironweed and snow on the mountain threw a long shadow, and the golden light seemed to be rippling through the curly grass like the tide racing in. He crossed the fence into the pasture that was now the Shabbatas, and continued his walk toward the pond. He had not gone far, however, when he discovered that he was not the only person abroad. In the draw below, his gun in his hands, was Emil, advancing cautiously with a young woman beside him. They were moving softly, keeping close together, and Carl knew that they expected to find ducks on the pond. At the moment when they came in sight of the bright spot of water, he heard a whirr of wings, and the ducks shot up into the air. There was a sharp crack from the gun, and five of the birds fell to the ground. Emil and his companion laughed delightedly, and Emil ran to pick them up. When he came back, dangling the th ducks by their feet. Marie held her apron, and he dropped them into it. As she stood looking down at them, her face changed. She took up one of the birds, a rumpled ball of feathers with the blood dripping slowly from its mouth, 
and looked at the live color that still burned on his plumage. As she let it fall, she cried in distress, Oh, Emil, why did you? I like that, the boy exclaimed indignantly. Why, Marie, you asked me to come yourself. Yes, yes, I know, she said tearfully, but I didn't think. I hate to see them when they are first shot. They were having such a good time, and we've spoiled it all for them. Emile gave a rather sore laugh. I should say we had. I'm not going hunting with you any more. You're as bad as Ivar. Here, let me take them. He snatched the ducks out of her apron. Don't be cross, Emile. Only, Ivar's right about wild things. They're too happy to kill. You can tell just how they felt when they flew up. They were scared, but they didn't really think anything could hurt them. No, we won't do that any more. All right, Emile assented. I'm sorry I made you feel bad. As he looked down into her tearful eyes, there was a curious, sharp, young bitterness in his own. Carl watched them as they moved slowly down the draw. They had not seen him at all. He had not overheard much of their dialogue, but he felt the import of it. It made him, somehow, unreasonably mournful to find two young things abroad in the pasture in the early morning. He decided that he needed his breakfast. End of chapter 5, part 2